0: Hey, everybody, welcome to Rough Stuff, the podcast where we have our comedian friends come in and tell their most embarrassing stories from childhood. I am your co-host, Bridget Greenberg, and I once wore two different uh, high-heeled shoes to a family wedding and didn't notice until I got there. Jesus Christ. (laughs) Uh,
1: Well, I'm Sarah Griffith, and I thought the dish was called Pasta Azul for like the first mm, 18 years of my life.
0: Oh. Fun. And uh with us. So excited to have him back uh,
2: our biggest bean Michael Swaim. Oh boy. Wait, so that would be blue pasta. Pasta Azul. Yeah, yeah. I
1: don't I never <laughs> ate the dish and I mean I ate Italian food when I was growing up, but it was not like I'm not Italian. So under no circumstance would a like a waiter or somebody else been like, actually you're an idiot. Pronounce it yeah, correctly I'm not now. Saying- yeah.
2: I'm not saying fujul is like a more accessible word, but um, azul means blue. So no, I just like that. And
1: I thought maybe this was like some kind of seaside dish.
2: A seaside pasta. Like it was
1: like, yeah. oh, this is from the, the part of Italy where there's water or something. I don't know.
0: <laughs> the one part right. on that peninsula.
2: Great. Well, you know, several I...
1: parts, I guess. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I'm em- I'm embarrassed for you. So the show is serving its purpose. Hi, I'm Michael Swaim. I uh I didn't think of an instant I forgot that there's instant embarrassing. Oh, okay. Uh I recently and this is a first time thing for me, watched an old video of mine that I felt embarrassed watching and wished I could take down. <laughs> and that I hasn't happened before.
1: Describe describe the video.
2: Oh, well, it's a series I'm very proud of eight bits, but there was one episode where basically the joke of the episode is like what it's like to be in an escort mission does does that are you guys gamers? Does escort mission mean anything to you?
1: Well, <laughs> I did silence on our end. <laughs> I did
2: produce the series for a little while, but uh that's true,
0: pretty blindly. <laughs>
2: But I'm like, that doesn't guarantee you know what that term means to no, a gamer. No, I, yeah.
0: Yeah. I was in Greg's <laughs> shoes for all of it. Yeah.
2: <laughs> well, an escort mission is a mission in an action-adventure video game where you get a character who has no abilities and is really vulnerable, and you have to like walk them through an area full of enemies. And everyone always hates them, and it for a while it was like, why are these in these games? So we did a sketch with Noel Wells, as the character you deal with in an escort mission and Greg Burke as the protagonist and myself as like the wounded dying man telling Greg, you have to take the president's daughter, Noelle to safety. And basically it's him rolling his eyes and going like, Oh, let me guess. She can't shoot. She can't hide, blah, blah, blah. Um, But we went in a direction where (laughs) this is legitimately embarrassing. So I I guess it's a good opportunity (laughs) to apologize, but, I feel bad talking about it. Um, we directed Noelle to go in a direction of like, you're mentally handicapped. And if you oh. watch the video, it's that it's like conflating escort mission characters in video games maneuver so poorly, they may as well be mentally handicapped. Yeah. And now I'm like, we should not have said that. That's a bad joke. That's a joke you think of and go, that's a bad joke and don't say it. <laughs> you yeah. know?
0: What year was int- that? That I mean, I feel like that was when uh, people were trying to be edgy, but no one knew how to be appropriate.
2: <laughs> I think in the life of comedians, it's a personal thing. Every yeah. comedian I know, it has to do with, like, however long it took your own empathy to mature. Like, you know, if you go back long enough, when I was 14, 15, 16, I would make jokes that I now would think are just cringy. But I thought they were funny because they were pushing the boundaries. But that's because I lived in a fucking bubble and hadn't, like... I didn't experience any of those things, so, like... A rape joke is funny when you're 14 and don't know anyone who's been a victim of sexual assault. The second you do know anyone, you're like, right. well, that's not funny. Yeah, you yeah.
0: immediately play all those back and it's horrifying. I think for Sarah and yeah. I, we were talking about this, I think with David Bell a little bit, that we came up, we were like young during a time when YouTube was just a thing. So Mm. it was, and it became very easy for teenagers to throw videos online and be real dumb about it. Yeah. There's definitely something of 14-year-old Bridget out there being an asshole. Yeah. Or like
1: what I always want to put in a box and bury away for the rest of my life is uh, we found YouTube videos from like, do you guys know who Glozell is? No no oh uh, well she's a black woman <laughs> and she does like this kind of caricature of herself which like you can fill in the blanks is how a bunch of white kids impersonating that is absolutely uh, completely inappropriate but at the time <laughs> yeah, we were like, like this is so funny and like we did a lot of like copying those sorts of things from youtube and like oh yeah it's just like a funny thing people are saying and it's like No, it's not. It's not. If it's funny, maybe for her to be saying, but for you to be saying is racism, period. Yeah.
2: And it's a nuance that, like, I understand it takes time to come to. But yeah, as soon as you realize it, you're like, oh, shit, we just were impersonating this thing because we thought it was really funny. We didn't know all the implications. Oh, yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah, for sure. It's something like, Freshman year of college, it's like so stereotypical, but I took like a women's studies course right out of the gate. And there were so many things I was like learning in that class. And I was like, hmm, I am a racist and a bigot. (laughs) And I'm an ableist, which I didn't even think that was a thing, but I definitely am that. Like, it was like the checklist of like, holy shit, I've been living this horrible, bad person life. (sighs) Let me correct course right here and now. Well, the
0: important thing is.
2: Sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say there is an age thing. It's like yeah. when you see people on Twitter that are 45 and still haven't picked up that particular nuance, you're like, all right, at this point, you're trying not to understand yeah. this. Or when you oh, see yeah. 45 can't
0: say that. doing it, oh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there you oh, go. Oh, yeah. oh the yeah. president. So it's a Trump, it's a it's Trump a, slam. It's, it's a, a Trump, Trump joke. Slam. Okay. It's Trump. Cool. Nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> so you have some stuff you said you you had more uh, gossip for us
1: from <laughs> from when you
0: were some uh, hot swim goss <laughs> so yeah some hot swim tea I don't love that uh.
2: <laughs> well i realized cuz i when i was la local i engineered these episodes and it was delightful to just sit and listen to everyone's stories and a through line seems to be that like theater kids are up to no good oh my god <laughs> you guys are maniacs <laughs> and i realized that holds for me too because i i have a degree like my bachelor's degree is in theater and i was a theater kid all through high school and in fact one of my proudest moments to preface all this horrible shit i'm about to <laughs> no, reveal no. yeah we started off um, hot and uh
0: just kidding yeah I,
2: yeah I gave a speech to the school board and a bunch of, like, gathered journalists and shit from our tiny town that ended up saving our drama program, which was going to be cut. So I'm like hardcore ride or die for the theater program should exist and theater is important. And uh, I realized that my sexual awakening as regards theater kids was... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the same the same as they all are, which is yeah. like, holy shit, theater kids are weirdly sexual <laughs> and like over the top. And I I started recovering like stories from deep within my repressed memory banks that I hadn't thought about in many, many years. Yeah, <laughs> so I suggested we do Yeah, another talk.
0: Yeah, it's uh it was shocking to me to find this all out uh, as someone who is like very not a part of all of that. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, the jocks are the cool kids, but you guys have stories that uh, (laughs) really blow mine out of the water. Mine are just kind (laughs) of like, yeah, I broke my knee and everyone laughed
1: at me. No, it's so much more. I think any kind of time that you're in the arts, you are with horny people in a general sense. And then especially teenagers who pursue the arts, they are freaky because like band kids are also freaky. Dancers are their own kind (laughs) of freaky, like... Everyone has their own level of freak. And I think what, I mean, I was a freak for sure, but I think what saved me sexually was that so many people in my theater program in high school were thankfully able to be out and like, like out gay young men in high school, which is a gift. I know not everybody has that opportunity. Um, so like it was just slim pickings in right. terms of like how I could get my freak on. So, or not. So that, that just turned into a lot of like jokes about sex.
0: Yeah, that's I how think I channeled that. What I'm, re- like, talking to all you theater freaks. Um, <laughs> and that's what we are, not kids, just we're freaks. Just theater freaks. Well, that's what uh, I want to ask. As I'm still bullying yep. you all. Uh, <laughs> is that you guys were, like, encouraged to be more vulnerable than I think I ever was. Yeah. Uh, not really pursuing the arts, so you guys feel, like, a lot more freer than I ever did and still have talking about sex and, like... <laughs> Explore. I get at a young age. I feel so bohemian
1: when you say that. Like, it's like, ooh.
0: Oh, I still am, get super uncomfortable talking about sex as I host this podcast. Yeah.
2: Well, that's what I want to ask. Like, what's is, I'm assuming for movies and shit, the normal non art kids version is going to parties you were invited to and, like, drinking and getting high and then fooling around, right? Is that right? <laughs> Is that accurate? Yes.
1: Theater kids, too, I think. Depends on where you went to school, but...
2: yeah, I, I went feel to like- school... I went to school in a very rural, like, town that's mostly known for, for, like, herding cattle. <laughs> So there and everyone lived many miles apart from each other on like a big parcel of land. So what's weird is there weren't parties like that. It was just like stone cold sober being weirdly sexual with each other. That's so strange. I wish, in retrospect, that there had been liquor to like excuse some of the things I'm about to tell you. But like, for example, one of the big stories that came to mind was uh, we used to drive to, you know, uh, surrounding school high schools to do the to do like drama competitions, and sometimes it would be so far we would drive in a big bus at night to get there and sleep in a hotel and then do some kind of scene. Oh, that sounds in like a... just
1: right from the description. <laughs> yeah.
2: Well, now I realize as an adult that the bus driver probably should not be allowed to do that job. Um, <laughs> I don't remember their name, or I would call them out. But the thing is, when we were driving on, like, long, straight, rural stretches of highway, that we would play this game that the bus driver was in on, where the bus driver would turn all the bus lights off. So oh. at night... We're running stealth, so to speak. You know, like if a, if another car was coming on with no headlights, we'd all be dead. Um, that kind of deal. And while the lights were out... Oh, you were Anyone was empowered. It was... Nothing physical happened in this case. There's other <laughs> stories I'll get to, but in this case, the game was... The game was like anyone could ask any question in the dark and people would... Even though no one was making them, answer honestly, which is a foolish thing to do. Um, wow. So, like,
1: but it yep. sounds like kind of a fun drinking game for like adults. Get some friends together, turn the lights off, and then just like ask random questions.
2: But you can recognize each other's voices, Sarah. Yeah, but
1: it's there's not... something about when you don't have to make eye contact with the person. You know what I mean?
2: That's it. Yeah. yeah. So it'd all be like, these deep confessions that you're like it's dark so it's fine but as an adult looking back my thought is but i know who said it i'll see you at school tomorrow why are we doing this i still
0: have to <laughs> look you in the eye but i think that's what like, goes into what i was saying about being more open to being vulnerable than i think i ever was <laughs> because i would have just that's like, yeah not participating i don't think anybody would have said anything yeah we're well, like and yeah, all and our that's experiences takeaway in high school of being horny kids where like people got drunk at parties and stuff happened and then no one talked about it ever again. Or oh, no, they were theater, You're talking about
1: it all the time with the people who did it.
2: Yeah, yeah. exactly. Open, like, no, yeah. Uh, this bus game was the opposite. It was like yeah. what was cool and what got you status was to admit the most vulnerable thing. Because wow. it meant like you were open to, I don't, that's the culture, or at least that was the culture. And I, I would say other theater groups I've been in, that's kind of the culture is that yeah, it's uh, vulnerability is actually valued. So it would be like one upping each other with the weirdest shit that we had ever thought or done. And I'm not going to blow up anyone else's spot, but I remember exactly what I said. And I will <laughs> <laughs> tell on myself. Okay, let's turn the lights <laughs> off. Which was that, yes, everyone, please turn the lights down. (laughs) Now, someone asks, who in this bus (laughs) have you thought about while you masturbated, right? And and I had just read, I believe an Ambrose Bierce quote, but there is a quote by a famous writer, thinker, it might be Mencken, that's like, it's weird that okay so when you go through puberty and i'm saying this from a male perspective of course Mm -hmm. but when i went through puberty uh i was so horny all the time that it's like crazy in retrospect now i'm thoroughly over that level of being interested in sex yeah it seems like a burden for
0: men like certainly women have that but it's not debilitating yeah Yeah. (laughs)
2: That's what, I didn't want to dismiss the idea that there can be super horny women, because yeah. of course there can be. But uh, right. as myself, who happened to be a dude, I'll just say, I am not the type of guy who's constantly looking for sex, and that's always on his mind. But when I was 13 to 17, yes, like intrusively, <laughs> I could only think about sex with everything that I'm looking at, inanimate or animate <laughs> like anything. So, um so anyway, everyone said like, you know, safe choices, like yeah. the agreed upon hot people in the class of like the cis opposite gender. Yeah. So uh, what power I thought those I'd score? I thought I'd score some uh vulnerability points and was like Jared's <laughs> <laughs> And they're like, What? <laughs> and uh, Things were never the same between Jared and I, but I'm still very proud of like copping to that I'm somewhere in the middle of the bisexuality spectrum. And I was like, "Yeah, yep. Jared, I have thought of you while I've jerked off. Is that a problem for you?" And he's like, "No, nah, it's okay, man. But it did change, <laughs> but it did change things afterwards."
0: Yeah, what a
1: great response! Like, nah, man, it's cool. I get it. <laughs> It seems but like that was
0: handled was, as maturely as possible. Yeah, <laughs> not really cuz
2: it was true, but I really was only looking for points now I realize in retrospect like you know what I mean? I was thrust yes. into this world where vulnerability was the capital, and right. I'm not trying to build myself up by being like, "Oh, I'm like semi queer." Isn't doesn't that make me cool? Right, in 2020? and it wasn't a shock value no. thing either. I was yeah, I was just trying to say it's true, but I was trying to say the thing that would like get me points. In that, like, I remember very clearly that I briefly considered saying the bus driver, which was not true. <laughs> but but I was like, been "Funny, honestly." <laughs> How vulnerable would that be? <laughs> yeah. I
0: because that would be my immediate response in that game as a joke, yeah. which would be my only device since <laughs> I <laughs> didn't know how to handle vulnerability at all.
2: Nah man, theater kids are nuts. No, I'm and
0: I think like... there's also something to be said about being
1: stuck in a place for a long period of time, especially when you're like tired or delirious, or like you're just naturally vulnerable, like when right. you're like when you're tired or when you're hungry. And so like, I do remember having a lot of sitting backstage during tech week and we're like sitting backstage for like 90 minutes at a time going between, you know, three cues as like tedious as that could be. And like having some very deep, intimate whisper conversations with the people that I was around um, about like sex, about like our bodies and like, is it normal to do this, that and the other, like really just kind of like, getting trapped into... Which, like, the adult version of that now is, like, doing a bunch of drugs and being up at 5 a.m. and then just, like, saying the first thing that comes to mind. Mm-hmm. But for teenagers... Is that the
0: adult version?
1: Well, I mean, it's the fun version, I guess. <laughs> it's my adult version. Yeah.
0: It's, but, like, for it's teens, it was way,
1: just, you know, yeah. you're learning about each other and yourself. And, yeah, there was, like, a time that it was just kind of like, you know, talk about whatever the fuck you want and really get in there.
2: Well, yeah. And there's also the compounding factor of it being a very rural town where almost every lot is just an empty lot full of weeds. Like my the town I went to high school in was rural enough that there was a drain pipe like a storm drain pipe near the school that was known for being where you all went to finger each other.
0: (laughs) Ew. Oh my God, that was not safe. (laughs) You go, yeah.
2: <laughs> My point is, if you've had sex with anyone from Ramona High School, get checked. Get yourself checked.
1: Because <laughs>
2: they probably got fingered in a storm drain at some point. Oh, my um. God. Isn't
1: that how It Chapter 2
0: opens? <laughs>
2: <laughs> I think the book version, yeah. Oh,
1: definitely the
0: book version. Yeah, I feel like, oddly, growing up in a big city stuff that curbs like because everything you do is out in the open and i also grew up in a in a community where everyone knew each other from mm. way way back like if if you made out with someone it's or like did anything with anyone your parents knew each other oh jesus <laughs> uh and, and there was the less opportunity to hindrance like for me being like afraid of my parents and them finding out stuff Is like oh well I'm gonna have Friday night dinner with them, so I, I <laughs> yeah. can't make out with this boy. Yeah, that would. And
2: definitely you can't like, suck. you can't just turn any direction and walk twenty feet, and you're in the woods. Yeah, that changes the dynamic of the team. Yeah, in there's your also town. something to be said yeah. about
1: safety. Like growing up in a big city, like I would not hang out by a storm drain. Period. That just <laughs> wouldn't be a safe place because either in Houston it is flooding, or uh, there are some unsavory Pennywise characters over <laughs> yeah. there that like. Because well, like when I went yeah. to college, people were talking about getting drunk in a park or in the woods by their house, and I was like, "People, you're gonna be murdered! Like, yeah. are you insane? Also, where are you finding woods? It's my big What's city." What's weird privilege. is,
2: I gotta say, from my perspective as a rural kid, Sarah, you know who kills most people? Other people. You know where <laughs> they are? The city. Well, true. Like in, in the woods, you're safe from people. Okay, but which tell is me the why biggest every threat.
1: deadline episode i watched starts with it was a small community where kids fingered each other by a storm drain nobody could have expected this grisly murder like yes people are murdered We're, in cities yeah. but it's very normal shoot or stab murders in the, oh yeah we in get the weird world, i mean that's when you're like in a box for a week and then taken across state lines and then whatever
0: you know grass is always I, darker on the other <laughs> grass side grass
1: <laughs> is darker on the other side
2: I also think there's an innocence to it, though, in the sense that like, I remember the, it's weird how kids who are figuring sex out have bizarre rules. Like, there were certain couples who, like, were allowed to do stuff with other people in the storm drain, but only the storm drain, because otherwise otherwise it would be cheating you know what i mean oh my god i love this storm
0: drain (laughs) this storm drain is like uh the northern
2: california vegas (laughs) it was a big deal that my first sexual activity well the first time i made out was at the baseball diamond but my first like sexual sexual activity was in the storm drain and it was literally with a close friend and his girlfriend and i and she was blowing him and i was spo- i like felt her vagina and asked questions about the shape and function of the vagina <laughs> and i had to keep my eyes closed and look out the storm drain the whole time or it would have been cheating and they would have broken up well we are describing
1: like, a stephen king book now I'm like, like kids
2: don't know shit man it's crazy <laughs> like my we're just trying to figure it out, you guys, and we don't know. <laughs> and
1: um, you know, there's a lot about that that I actually do admire. Yeah, that she was like, "Listen, I will let you experiment with my body, but like, don't look at me." <laughs>
0: <laughs> and it was consensual. And I, I, but
2: I, I didn't take that as like, "Oh, I have to not look at you because it would be demeaning." We had like this idea of, "Well, they're soulmates, so no one can look at them." <laughs> or that will <laughs> it's destroy It's sacred and love. protected. Like it, it was the same naivete with which we th- assumed that they would be married for the rest of their lives because they were the mm. couple in our group of friends that got together freshman year. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's right. just, I actually can understand, if I'm being honest, why Stephen King thinks it's interesting to delve into like, it's weird that time where you're a kid and you don't understand sex, but at the same time, I don't get why he doesn't understand that it's creepy when you're fifty years old. Yes. Yes. to p- to put long child orgy scenes in your Seriously. book. it's it's a different It's yeah, there's a different a, there's time. A line <laughs>
1: yeah uh, you know, every episode, I just feel more and more grateful that I lost my virginity in college and like I didn't get into anything sexual in high school. but I do remember you kind of talked about like the rules of sex that like couples would create when they were teens and stuff. And I'll never forget, like, when our friend... It was one of those people that were, like, the couple of the school. Um, When they finally had sex, like, she had lost her virginity to him and everything. We were asking, like, so, like, when did you decide that you guys were just going to go ahead and have sex? Because I think they were together for, like, almost a year at this point. Which now, if I knew someone who was together for almost a year and still hadn't had sex, I'd be like, so what are you doing? Um, And she said something like, well... He had, like, four fingers in me, so he just kind of figured, like, well, at this point, might as well. And I was like, that's so weird that... And it, like, clicked for me. I was like, it's bizarre that you would just let him finger you, but for some reason, sex was always, like, we're not going to have sex. I don't know. It was like, there, I would hear about yeah. those kind of things where it's like, that's an interesting compromise to make when really... You could just have sex. I mean, you know.
2: That like a child mind would But come you're up also with. kind yeah, of like, because I, I did think yeah. for a
1: long time that I was going to lose my virginity on my wedding night. Like there was also like that. And I think maybe women suffer from this a little bit more that like this whole like your virginity is sacred and it should happen at the right time at right. the right moment with the right guy. So it is kind of complicated because like on the one hand, you're becoming keen on the fact that like, oh, this isn't really all that sacred and important or whatever but then you also kind of your childhood ideas of my body
0: is a precious temple right (laughs) i I just remember points and this was like a little younger when we started when i started like making out with guys but not (laughs) going any further and i just remember like making out with this one guy for like maybe two hours and nothing escalated because we were both so afraid to escalate anything and i was just like do i not like kissing this is getting boring yeah
2: yeah no being 17 is like dry humping for four and a half hours and then going like all right good night yeah. and you're like what the fuck was that yeah. yeah
0: just feeling so weird and awkward and like do i not <laughs> like sex because that sucks yeah <laughs> and being horrified about that i also remember like similar to your bust thing I think uh my my playground. So well, what I was your storm <laughs> train? My storm train was a uh, sleepaway camp. Uh like a good Jewish girl. Very nice. Um and we would have have to do um hand checks uh on buses and like if we were watching movies. Oh, like yeah. go
1: around and like show us your hands so we know you're not like right. jerking somebody off.
0: Exactly. Like the counselors would just yell hand check on a bus <laughs> and then like half of yeah, hand check was a big, uh, cock block <laughs> grown up. Yeah.
2: It's all, it's all hand stuff that age, uh, which yeah. actually takes me to the second of three stories. I wanted to make sure I got yes. out, <laughs> which is that, well, first of all, side note, cause cause of the bus talk, you made me remember that there was one kid who would always jerk off, into a bush at, <laughs> at any other campus we went to to compete in a theater thing as an act of dominance.
0: <laughs> like a marking their territory?
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm sure he was just 16 and horny all the time, but whenever <laughs> we would show up to be like, all right, we're competing in the Laverne Countywide... Uh, you know, th- scene short scene competition drama category. He'd be like, "I got to jerk off into a bush real quick. I'll be back."
1: <laughs> and his name was Jared Leto. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I won't give his name because he didn't choose for me to tell this story on this <laughs> podcast.
0: No, of course. But was it? I don't know how much you know about his motivations on this. Was it a competitive thing? Was it a nerves thing? Or like a it- machismo thing?
2: All I can remember when I look back on it is that he seemed to think it made him cool in our eyes and it kind of did.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, because you all laughed and like cheered him on. I'm sure. I mean, I, would, mo- I think at that age I'd be like, yeah, man, that's so cool.
2: That's what I think is the theater kids had. It's like it's the, being in theater sort of pre-sorted for the kids who had been raised to believe or for whatever reason believed that being honest is cool and not every subculture like that's not the thing to do in every subculture but i think the reason theater kids get weird a lot is uh if you really fall in love with the craft of acting it is about and especially when you're a teen you fall in love with like the method and Mm -hmm. all this shit that's like it's about being honest it's about being vulnerable yes we're not the popular kids we're the kids who are real and like he thought it was cool to admit to us that he was going to go jerk off right now. And I got to be honest, we all thought it was cool too. Yeah, So it is cool. That's how cool this
1: works. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I also got into this conversation. So as, I don't know if I've established this on the show as like Sarah Griffith lore, but I went to a Jesuit university in the Midwest. Um, and so the culture there was like very Irish Catholic kids who went to Irish Catholic private schools their whole life, didn't know anything else. And, uh, I remember getting a conversation with someone who was talking about his high school doing Les Mis, and he was like, "I don't think high school kids should do that play or anything like Rent or anything like that. Like, you're having Hair. you know teenage girls rolled around acting like sex workers. Like their parents want to see that, whatever. And on the one hand, I kind of get it because sometimes schools do rent without understanding that like, this is about the HIV AIDS crisis. Yeah. And like, Oh my they, God. Sometimes dude. they don't understand <laughs> that aspect. But what I argued back was like so much of theater, which is about life ultimately plays and musicals, both are just reflections of life. They are like, this is a part of life and like sex and relationships come up all the time in plays, in musicals in anything that, uh, someone who's studying theater would have to come across. So like, it's almost natural that like that would reflect in real life as well. Because when you're talking about these sexual relationships in like scenes and rehearsal in class, like, yeah, that's going to bleed over into your real life. To me, it, it checks out in a way that I could even defend.
2: Counterpoint. We did closer in high school, the play closer And of the two female leads, one both got pregnant, one got an abortion, and one dropped out of school. And I mean, pregnant by their counterparts in the play Closer. Okay, is that the play's fault? No, it's the, (laughs) I don't know. I don't know whose fault it is, because I'm like, I wish those people had been armed with more information. Yeah, very true. Does that mean, does that mean kids can't do the play Closer? I don't know. But. It's a thing. It happened. I'm just letting you know. Uh, yeah.
0: I mean, definitely different strokes for different schools. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it's a, I think there's a level of conversation that doesn't happen around these things because you do get ideas from movies and yes. TV and plays.
2: Well, that's uh, what I'm essentially... All I'm saying yeah. is that if you put horny kids in the play closer, they're going to have right. actual sex after rehearsal, guaranteed. <laughs> guaranteed there's just that's actually with the Samuel French
1: playbook (laughs) like when you get it in the front it's like you know this is who was the original cast this is where it played also disclaimer people will get pregnant (laughs) if they do this show period
2: Samuel French's warning yeah (laughs) Um. but yeah so that that takes me nicely to the story I wanted to tell which is uh, along the same lines but with fewer consequences which is great for me Um. there was there was a uh, young woman who was obviously like hitting puberty hard, super horny all the time, always very sexy at making sexual innuendo. I mean, I don't know, could be of going through something, but I like to think she was just very empowered and felt horny. Sure. Um, sure. So we'll assume that because I don't know the reality. But she knew that I was had still had a lot of guilt around sex and felt weird about it. So she would constantly try and make, you know, like architect, I don't think she actually liked me, like wanted to date me, but as a joke, like as a popular hot girl, would try and architect situations where me, like the chubby, unpopular kid with the sweater that said so many books, so little time, would like (laughs) see her naked. And it was always just like tiny little instances. And then she would laugh at me. Right. And I felt bad about myself. But... (laughs) the story is that the climax of this pattern was uh after i gave a speech that saved the drama program uh our theater teacher gave me the privilege of selecting what our show would be the last quarter of senior year she was like honestly i like there's a chance i wouldn't be employed in this position without that you know petition and shit you did so like we've never done this before, but pick whatever you play you want to do and you can pick any part you want. And I feel wow. incredibly privileged to have had that in school. And yeah, like I, it, it's one of the highlights of my life because I was like, I want to be Prospero in The Tempest. It's my favorite play and it's the character I would most want to play in life. And she's like, it's probably beyond your ability at this age to grasp yeah. what Prospero <laughs> is thinking in The Tempest. As a teenage actor, yeah like you realize this is what William Shakespeare is writing at the end of his life as a reflection on life. Like (laughs) looking back at it and I'm like, I think I can nail it. So (laughs) I got to be Prospero. I got to be an 18 year old Prospero in the Tempest. Mm. And, uh, the, on opening night, uh, if you know, act five, Prospero has a very important climactic monologue. Yeah. I, it was the choreography that Caliban has the people like he's with, with uh what do you call, uh, restraining some people, a stage right. So I'm center stage, downstage giving like a monologue that as, as my 18 year old self, I think is the culmination of my career. Mm-hmm. And this girl knows I have to look stage right for the totality of it. So she completely naked, stands in the wings, <laughs> bends over. And fingers herself oh. for the totality of my monologue. And again, I want to point out, this is not like a deer hustler. This girl was mean to me. This was obviously like an act of aggression. Oh. This didn't mean that we were going to like hook up later. It was to fuck me up. And and it wow. did. And I completely, I completely biffed my monologue and like skipped 80, the middle 80% of it. And just like turned bright red and went to the end of it. And then went home very confused, and then yeah. tried to hit on this girl the next day, only to find out, no, no, I was right. She doesn't like me. It was just a thing. It was just a weird thing.
1: Oh my <laughs> god! Well, because when you, before you got to the fingering business, I was like, oh yeah, people flash each other off stage, like on closing night, whatever. It's kind of funny, whatever. But that is that That's is like a shade
2: too gray. That right. is like it,
0: something out of a John Hughes movie. <laughs>
2: yes. This is because, yeah, sp- this is what I realized when you guys had so many theater people on that I'm like, all that stuff wasn't normal. I just realized <laughs> this in no. the last couple years, yeah,
0: it definitely wasn't. I mean, I don't think I my repression was normal, yeah, <laughs> and mm-hmm. remains normal, I think you guys might have the better end of the stick in that you're just like cooler about sex,
1: yeah, but if you're uh, repressing yourself like I was and you missed out on the party.
2: (laughs) But it's not, but that's what I'm saying, Sarah. It's not really a party. It's like a wash of confusion and you can't tell when to feel guilty and when to feel excited. It's not that much of a party. Like you didn't miss much. It's just this (laughs) weird thing.
1: Yeah, no, it's uh it's rehearsal for the real life dating and relationship world.
2: Uh, Maybe I've been lucky, but my real-life adult dating has been nothing like you, averting me You mean you've
1: never just had a woman just start fingering <laughs> herself right out of the gate on the first date?
2: I have yet, as an adult, to be asked to avert my eyes while I finger someone, because that would make it cheating. <laughs> Let's just say that. Yeah, nothing that happened was normal.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, sure.
2: Not even counting the storm drain. No, that reminds yeah. me of- I've If- uh, if people have listened to Teresa Lee's podcast, you can tell me anything. If they heard my episode, they will have heard this story, so I'll keep it short, but it is true and I haven't said it on small beans. Uh, I was also at a at a dinner theater, cast in a dinner theater show in high school in junior year that involved wearing brown face every night. Oh no. And there was a very sexually advanced like young woman in the cast who let's just say like ushered me through a lot of the milestones of like sexuality, including in between scenes off stage and stuff like that. And including making out to the point where she would go on stage with brown face smears on her face that are obviously from my brown (laughs) face, which is its own problem. I shouldn't have been doing that anyway. (laughs)
1: Yeah, this is like a bingo of problematic behaviors.
2: Yeah. I'll never forget... Uh, her backstage because the the like stunt cast celebrity person in it was a guy who had played Don Quixote on Broadway and he was like 85 years old and he was a really great actor and he was like stooping to do this little dinner theater play because he was advanced in years and retired and shit so it was her this lady having like taking my hands and putting them into her top and being like, it's okay, like feel my boobs, I want you to. Well, this 85 year old man watched us <laughs> oh, <laughs> waiting for his cute. And then when she had to go on and left, he just leaned forward and was like, I know you're young, but just gotta let you know, like, this is trouble. You don't wanna do this. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and that uh, night What a sage that 17 year old girl went home with two 34 year old men. And I remember because she made a point of saying like, they're double my age. So it's like quadruple my age if you put them together. And I I was like, I was like that old Don Quixote man was right. This is trouble.
1: (laughs) Oh my God. I will pray for her.
2: Oh yeah. yeah. I I hope she's doing all right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I hope she's doing all right. I do remember like, Because I was a little behind my friends because of uh, my own weird uh, repression. And then like hearing them tell stories, not like that, but but similar like sex stories and be like, oh, we're doing that now. Okay, I should probably get on that then. (laughs) (laughs) And making very like calculated decisions of like, okay, well, this is a time
2: everyone's doing it. Giving a hand job was the new iPhone nine. You're like, oh, <laughs> right. everyone has the new one. All I did. Right, have, I, I did make up. a pack
1: of that with one of my friends before we went to a party. When we were like, I think it was like early freshman year of high school. So I was still basically friends with all my middle school friends, and it was basically a middle school party. Um, and we like agreed that when we got there, they're like, look, if there's like alcohol going around, we're going to drink. If there's marijuana going around, we're going to (laughs) smoke. By the way, I would then not go on to drink alcohol for three full years after this and not even smoke marijuana for another five, I think. Um, But we were like, yeah, we're just going to go and like whatever happens, we're just going to go for it. Like we're going to be with it. Girl, not a goddamn fucking thing. (laughs) We did not get into anything. At one point, one of our guy friends was really drunk and was kind of on top of her. Well, not literally on top of her, but like, arm around her quote unquote on top of and literally she looked at me and I looked at her and we both kind of were like well look we agreed that we would just like go for it like whatever happened happened I mean that was like the extent of it but yeah. I just remember like making a choice like okay like no matter what happens if I get like a water bottle full of room temperature vodka I'm gonna drink it <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh no don't do that No, and
1: it didn't happen because I'm sure everyone could sniff it out. They're like, she's not actually a 14-year-old insane person.
2: That's an interesting aspect of teenagerhood is that all the people that I thought were the coolest kids that I was actually in competition with or trying to be like... I would be legitimately concerned for now and like hope they're okay. Like you made yeah. me realize, you made me remember this girl who got eventually suspe- or like suspended or expelled because she would come into first period chemistry class and drink vodka out of a water bottle every day, and the teacher eventually was like, "Look, I know that like they say you can't smell it or whatever, but." you know, I know, right? Like, you know what's going on? There has to be discipline brought in. And I was like, that kid's so cool. And now as an adult, I'm like, I hope that kid's okay.
1: (laughs) It really flips Uh, on you. This happened to my friend, but uh, this guy sat behind her in like English class or whatever. And he tapped her and was like, hey, guess what I had for breakfast this morning. And she was like, what? And he said, three glasses of red wine and then like went back to reading portrait of dorian gray or whatever
0: Wow, that's not Which, cool.
1: i do think of that kid but i also do think the image of sitting down as a teenager at like six in the morning and just drinking
0: glasses drinking of wine
2: gla- red wine red at 6 a.m he didn't enjoy he like, it he just saw that uh, I better chug this. It's 50 degrees and the bus is coming. Hey, and then (laughs) going to
1: English class to talk about, like, (laughs) you know, I don't know, the Harlem Renaissance. Like, I don't know. It's kind of a fun image.
2: (laughs) Yeah, he clearly got a
0: romantic idea in his head from a Woody Allen movie. Definitely. And was like, she's 16 in this movie, so.
2: (laughs) Well, it's like being in the club of, I think, of knowing what something's like cuz i definitely remember that feeling i remember being a kid just at the beginning of teenagerhood and thinking i literally thinking the conscious thought i i can't i'm i'll die or something first like i can't conceive that i will ever have had sex and yet <laughs> And yet it's almost inevitable statistically if I live long enough that I'll eventually have sex. And I'm yeah. like, I can't even comprehend what that means. Oh, I remember no, I thinking my that. Head yeah. that. Yeah. yeah.
0: I also, I remember, this is so weird. I don't know if I talked about this, but this is truly cringy. Uh, I remember in, it was seventh grade and people had just started making out. And there was this one couple who would go to this corner between two buildings and make out and we would all as a class go watch them make out (laughs) (laughs) and I remember were they like come on everyone we're gonna make out yeah there was like schedule like oh they're gonna make out at this time let's all go watch and then they would like like... swap gum and like it was a magic trick (laughs)
2: They were trying very- to spiff up the show. They're like, D- "It drags a little in Act Two. Can you like <laughs> tie a cherry stem or anything?" Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. It was uh, that seventh grade time where no one knew how to escalate making out, so
2: we all we all got bored. <laughs> wow, that's crazy to me though. That I don't think your average teen would could perform with that many people watching like that does take a special kind of ego maniac to be like, that's right. Everyone watch. I'm king of the school. (laughs) I don't, I
0: don't don't know who's weirder. All of us who went to watch it or the people who told us to come. Definitely
1: the people who told you to go. Definitely the people making out. Definitely.
0: Yeah. I guess. Yeah. You're how old in seventh grade, like 13. You're going to go watch that. Yeah, of course. And people were like taking notes too, like, "Oh, you do use tongue. That's not a rumor." Jesus, Jesus.
2: <laughs> um, Jared, yeah. the guy from the bus, <laughs> right? The following year, when we were alone backstage one time, uh, licked my eyeball and and it let me lick his eyeball. Is that sexual? <laughs>
1: Well, only because you admitted that you masturbated to him. Yes, it is sexual now. (laughs) Yeah, please reply
2: in the comments. Is that sexual? (laughs) That's really why I've come here today. It haunts me. Was that a sexual encounter? I'm not sure. (laughs) I have questions. Um, An open eyeball? Or like eyelid? Yeah, he, well, he also had used an empty pixie sticks tube to to snort a line of ants. Oh, Uh, boy. And said, like, I bet this is what cocaine is like. So this is the level at which our brains are functioning. He's absolutely right. (laughs) I once uh, dared my
0: friend to snort a line of salt. So (laughs) I think that's similar. Did they do it? Yeah, they did it. Oh, They were not happy about it. And I don't know why they did it. I didn't offer them money. I just said, (laughs) do this. And they did it.
2: (laughs) No reward offered. Yeah. No reward. Uh... They were in
0: a a lot of pain.
2: (laughs) I don't know I th- I don't know if I'm like miss uh reassembling the memory but I feel like the reason I picked him in that bus chat was because he, he had, had a hot history eyeballs. He had a, <laughs> no, he had a history of being a kid who thought it was cool to just try weird shit, you know, or, like, go right. far. Because mm-hmm. um, he was the kid who would eat bugs or, like, you know, try weird shit like that. Right. And yeah. he definitely, I remember he instigated this instance. We were backstage, and he was like, I'm bored.
0: Lick my uh, eyeball? You want
2: to you wanna lick my eye? I think you could. I don't think it's dangerous. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, all right. And... Uh, <laughs> so obviously because the blink reflex no it's like using what? your two fi- your finger and your thumb to hold your eyelid open and you look to the side yeah, and you let I someone
1: can... you like that was too easy for me to picture that
2: yeah you like clockwork yeah. Orange it yeah and and uh we ended up doing back and forth to each other to dis- to like ascertain he's like it feels weird right and i was like i don't know do it to me and i'm like yep <laughs> confirmed it feels weird so I would weird. not say
1: that's sexual per se that was more of an experiment but there could have yeah. been sexual tension there we weren't there to see it yeah, I th- yeah th- it's
2: hard uh, yeah have to I go think
1: back
0: it's uh, the amount of tension is what makes it sexual or not yeah.
2: <laughs> then none because there was none it was like hey this feels weird you want to feel it yeah that does feel weird that was right. really it's the, like getting getting an end I, of it
0: yeah I feel like it's getting shocked almost like yeah. when people have those pens and everyone's like that's oh, awful yeah. you try
1: yeah
2: sour milk i had a friend my uh roommate freshman year at college had a friend an older friend who was a cop and he had his taser on him and he said tase me and he said no and he said tase me and he said i can't it'll get me fired it's not and he's like tase me tase me i want to feel it and he's tased him and he arched his back so hard that his head broke through the wall <gasps> And the cop was literally like, this is going to be a lot of trouble for me. I shouldn't have t- done that. <laughs> like, so I don't know. There's a limit to like testing the, the, the limits of the body. but
1: Wow. I think we've learned a lot today. We really that have. Was,
2: that was my pal, not me. But I witnessed it. It was awesome. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. No, I always wonder if I was in a situation with a taser. I'm curious about it enough.
1: We would be dead. Are you kidding me? We would tase each other like forever.
0: That is true.
2: Oh, yeah. <laughs> they gave die. they. Ma- <laughs> someone yeah. in college made the mistake of giving me real mace as prop mace oh, no. for a show. Shit. And I absolutely sprayed it away from anyone. In the corner, thinking I just wanted to see what real mace looked like. And it absolutely went into the vents and and forced them to clear the building because everyone in the building had like burning eyes and shit. You can't just spray mace around. There's no, no, no. no,
0: definitely not. (laughs) It is a gas. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, don't do that. I've definitely done a lot of stupid stuff just like i have i had a hole in my chin because i thought skateboard basketball was a good idea yeah
2: i put a i put a permanent hole in another kid's lip because i did the quote-unquote classic bit where you pull their seat out when they're gonna sit down oh yeah and they had they had a pencil in their mouth and it punched (gasps) a hole through their lip and they still have a hole there to this day. Oh, so. I was told
1: by a teacher at a very, very young age not to do that because you could paralyze a person if they land yeah. like on their spine. So, oh I, yeah, it's a
2: terrible prank. Yeah. Don't pull someone's seat out as they sit, especially you not see on the... those hard floors. Holy yeah.
1: shit!
0: School floors are like insane. Well, we used yeah. to tabletop people all the time, which is basically okay, Stone so Cold Steve Austin. What the fuck does that mean? We're not hitting anyone with a tabletop, but what you would do is you would like pretend to tie your shoe and then someone else would like, so you were hunched over and someone else would walk another person. So they would flip over you. <laughs> okay. Oh my God. <laughs> and That was a big epidemic uh, <laughs> at school like? until someone broke their
2: clavicle.
0: <laughs> Oh, my God. It
2: always ends in tears, you guys. Mid-college, Abe and I both were part of a group that had a pattern or like a a tradition of at parties when you were drinking a beer out of a glass bottle to hit the bottom so that it hit your teeth. Until someone chit like split half of their front right tooth off, and we're like, we can't do that anymore. But in retrospect, what did we think was gonna happen? What do you think the end result of this is? Yeah, truly, that's only to hurt. I thought you were talking
1: about when you tap the top of a glass bottle and it fizzes up because that's always funny. Yeah.
2: No, that was our joke. Was all of our college friends were doing that, and we thought it was a funny commentary on that bit (gasps) to hit you in the teeth with your fucking glass bottle.
0: It is funny. Um, uh, but yeah, Swim, thanks so much for coming on and elaborating on your wonderful
2: stories. Theater kids are weird. And your vulnerability. I don't uh, do this stuff anymore. That's all I feel the need to say. This is the past, is, you guys. The you're past. Forgiven. You're <laughs> <I> th-
0: forgiven. I'm <laughs> forgiven. Thank <Yeah>. you. <laughs> I think it's an important caveat for all these podcasts that uh, we've all since grown.
2: Definitely. <laughs> From the beginning uh, s- to the end.
0: Swords uh, especially. Yeah. <laughs> jesus yes my god
2: uh yeah is there uh anything you want to tell tell the people anything Anything, you want to plug uh i've been saying it occasionally in case small beans people don't know and want to know i work at ign.com now so you can find videos of me there um but all this other stuff is still my A number one priority, so...
0: Great. Uh, and you can find us uh, on all the social medias at Pod, Of course, here on Small Beans and wherever you get your podcast. I'm on Twitter at Bridget Tweets and on Instagram at Bridget-Greenberg. Uh,
1: and I'm on Twitter at SK underscore Griffith. And coming soon, Bridget and I will be hosting another podcast that's all i'm gonna say for this episode if you want to find out oh, more you, you, can, go to to say? The, you okay. can go to the small beans patreon and learn more yeah right. so that's the
2: other thing i want to broadcast is just because i took a day job at ign one of the conditions of taking it was i was like i'm not going to give up small beans though so if anyone's wondering no small beans is continuing Yay! as long as as long as you patronize it so you should do that and I found out it's good strategy for us to say this out loud as often as possible. If you can't afford to or don't wish to patronize us at this time, it really does concretely help to go to iTunes and give us a a review on iTunes. So do that too.
1: But only if it's positive, five stars only. If you have anything else, fuck off. Yeah,
2: yeah. what she said.
0: You heard it. Rate, (laughs) review, small beans on iTunes. And keep an eye on that Patreon feed. Thanks so much to Swam.
2: Thank you. All right,
0: and we're out. Bye.